This is the GOAT Level Podcast with your host, the GOAT, the legend, the hero, Van Pugh. I said, I like when the Mets choke. Losing games in September. You won't make it to November. I like when the Mets choke. Yeah. I like, I like when the Mets choke. Yeah, I like, I like when the Mets choke. Listen, they're probably going to win the division. Let them have it. But when it comes to October, I'm telling you, bro, they one and done. At best, two and done. They not going to make it, bro. They not going to make it. They overrated. But somehow they holding off the Braves because the Braves, you know, they lost to the Nationals. They just dropped two to the Phillies. They ain't about it for real. <clears throat> and they might have to play the Phillies again in the wild card. Yeah. Um, I don't know if they really bought it for real. But I know the Mets are going to choke. And I'm counting on it. And then, you know, hopefully their slow demise and rebuild starts next year. Now, I can't believe I was ever going to get to this. I can't believe I'm about to talk about this. But, you know, Brett Favre. Brett Favre apparently stole welfare money from, you know, the state of Mississippi. Stole federal money intended for the state of Mississippi that's supposed to serve the poorest people in the nation's poorest state. But you know what I read is it's just a part of it's it's only part of a huge scandal of people who are supposed to be in charge of that money just giving it out for projects that have nothing to do with needy families. So I mean most of the blame need to go towards the people who are in control of the funds, like the Nancy News and the Phil Bryant. And, you know, because the guy who got involved with the Brett Favre thing is Phil Bryant. Like, he's the one that he was the director of welfare. So he's the one that oversees that money. So once he got involved, that's when Brett Favre should have just stopped. I think, um, you know, reading what I read, he built the stadium for, he helped build the stadium for his daughter in high school. He probably thinking, you know, oh, she's in college now. I'm excited. I get to do this again. Um, she ended up going to Southern Miss in 2017. I get to do this again. And then, oh, oh, shoot, I can't just fundraise this money like last time. I got to I gotta get the government involved. Southern Miss wants the money up front. Oh, shoot, I got I to gotta work harder this time. <laughs> and, and then, you know, that's when he uses his contacts in the state of Mississippi. And I think what's going to get him in trouble is the text messages where he said, is there any way the media won't find out where it came from. When he said that, that just, 
gives an indication that he knew where the money was coming from and didn't care. I think, honestly, best case scenario for him is he's like generally naive of where that money came from. And he just wanted to, you know, do something for his daughter and the school she attended. Worst case scenario is dude is just evil. Dude is just evil and will do anything necessary to help himself out. Even if that means hurting other people. But also, you know, he did get $1.1 million for a speaking engagement he never did. But, I'll give him credit, he paid most of it back. But, he felt like, I guess he contested the other $200,000 200, he was supposed to get back. Because he just... He just swears out that he don't know where it came from and that he's not in control of the funds. He just asked and received pretty much. Still wrong. Still wrong. And, you know, um, I think the only way he gets off scot-free is if he can prove he legit didn't know where it came from and is just as shocked as we are. Well, good luck with that, buddy. That's going to be tough, especially with those incriminating text messages. Uh, they find anything else hard hitting. It is a wrap. Uh, the, listen, Nancy knew her son and Phil Bryant. Oh, Phil Bryant's in big trouble. Because, you know, he's any government official that is in control of the money is going to get hit the hardest. As they should. Also, the uh, Ime Udoka thing, which some people just brush off because of the Brett Favre thing. It's like, you know, nah, don't don't use this as a distraction to forget about Brett Favre. Listen, nobody's going to forget about Brett Favre. I put it in the same level of, you know, Michael Vick dogfighting and. Uh, the Manti Tail thing and Ray Rice and Deshaun Watson. It's just going to follow him forever till the day he dies. It's always going to be people like, hey, you did this and this. You ain't you ain't that grave a person. Oh, remember he did this. It, it's going to follow him forever. So we don't we don't need to we don't need to keep bringing that up every time we talk about E-May. That E-May Udoka thing is sick, man. I, I didn't think. That came out of nowhere, but they had been investigating for months, and then they just dropped the hammer on Wednesday. But apparently, uh, he had inappropriate relations with a staffer. I don't know. I mean, lots, lots of women, a bunch of women work for the Celtics. We don't know who it is specifically. There's rumors, but we don't know specifically. But the point is, the point is, uh... It was wrong. It was against the code of conduct. When I first heard this and heard they were going to suspend him for a year, I was like, what? Either suspend him for half the year or fire him. But they chose to suspend him for a year. He could easily just say, screw it, I'll resign, and then go somewhere else. I don't know. I haven't heard anything about him resigning it looked like he's gonna stick this out for now but more will come out 
But what's really interesting about this story is that it might not be, it might not have been consensual. That this was tipped off by an inappropriate comment he made towards a woman he was involved with. So I don't know, man. Like, he might not, it might not have been consensual. He, it might have been some threatening and blackmailing and stuff um, involved with this. Like, more specifics will come out. But if it's a consensual relationship, you know, first of all, I guess both people involved, I guess it's adultery, infidelity, you know, both had partners. Yeah, Ime was engaged to Nia Long. I guess he still is. I haven't heard of them call off the engagement or anything. And then the other woman is married to somebody else. So it's just it's evil all along. Just, you know. But, you know, uh, humans, we, we all sin. We just got to ask for forgiveness and repentance, you know. But, but yeah, man. Um, it might not have been consensual. That's that would be bad. That would that would make it even worse. But more is gonna come out, and we'll find out. Now about the part where he's crazy for cheating on Nia Long, because Nia Long is just so great, and she's a uh, one of the best actresses actresses in the '90s and the 2000s, and she's black. She's black culture royalty. Listen. Listen. We don't know how their relationship went at home. We don't know the roller coasters and the trials and tribulations these guys went through at home. You know what I'm saying? We don't know how that relationship dynamic was. So, I mean, same thing with Beyonce and Jay-Z. We don't know how that went. We don't know if they were taking a break at the time. When Jay-Z apparently did what he did. You just, it's just a lot we don't know, man. Just, you know what I'm saying? Can't just, I mean, cheating is still bad, but still, like, we just don't know what they were going through. Nia Long is amazing, but, you know, plenty of people go through this in relationship. That's a normal thing. Let's not get carried away about that part. <laughs> That's why I run from relationships like it's chasing me. I run from relationships like I'm Usain Bolt in the 200s. I miss out on the good, but I also miss out on the bad. But at the end of the day, I'm taking in my mind the lesser of two evils. Now, let's get to some real sports because, come on, man. Yeah, spending too much time on this. What about them Sooners? Blew out Nebraska. Now, I feel bad. I feel really bad that I even said that this was going to be a close game. I thought this was going to be like last year. I thought, you know, Nebraska's at home. Their coach just got fired. Oh, they're going to come out hard. They're going to come out. Firing and they did. They went up seven nothing. Then Oklahoma scored the next forty nine, and their offense looked exactly how it's supposed to look when they're clicking. When I'm telling you, when this offense is clicking, 
big play after big play, and they're down the field in less than a minute. This offense is like that. They better win the day against Kansas State, a game I was supposed to be at. I had originally planned to go. When the schedule came out, I was like, oh, I'm going to that Kansas State game. You know how stuff sounds month in advance. But then when you get closer and closer, then it's like, nah, you know what? I'll save my money and I'll go to Bedlam instead. Even my Bedlam trip, it should happen, but it's just going to be tough because... You know, I'm behind on it financially. But we'll, we'll be fine. I'll figure it out. But anyway, them Sooners, boy. Oh, my God. Just keep up the good work. You haven't done anything yet. But that was amazing. They kind of made a statement. But it was a small statement. All of that can get erased if you play like crap the rest of the season. But that was just awesome to watch. Eric Gray is making safeties look like they background dance for Marion and Chris Brown. Damn! Like, <laughs> for real. Dylan Gabriel just, just throwing missiles, just, just throwing darts to Theo Wees and, um, Theo Wees and Marvin Mims. It's just, oh, man, this team, man. You got old man Willis, and it's always a, a walk-on or a lesser-known player that, that scores. And don't forget about Drake Stoops. And his defense just flies around. They have played great, and I just want to see them. I just want to see them do it again and consistently. And you gotta, we start the conference now. It's going to get harder. They have more film on you. Got to get it. We got to keep it going, man. But I love what I saw last week. Got Kansas State today. Got to stop Deuce Vaughn. That's Hopefully this is his last freaking season because it seemed like he'd been there forever. But it's probably – I think he has one more season after this. Well, whatever. His time is almost up. It got to be because he just been there, it seemed like, forever. Jesus Christ. But, yeah, man, go, go Sooners. Now, an exciting team in college football is App State. I mean, they had that thriller against North Carolina that they could have easily stole. You know, when North Carolina had a chance to run out the clock and they did, they missed fourth down or something like that. And then after that, you know, App State scored and it didn't get the two-point conversion. And then, you know, UNT, you, you know the whole story. That was exciting. Then they went on the road to Texas A&M. Texas A&M ranked number six. And they knocked off Texas A&M. They come back home the next week against Troy. They're down four at midfield. They throw a Hail Mary and it's tipped and it was caught. I swear I had the same thing happen to me the day before as a referee at my high school game. It ended just like that. Except they were at the 40. It was it was five seconds to go. The guy threw it in the end zone, shorted the end zone. It got tipped. Someone caught it. They ran the end zone. And I swear my mouth was open for like 30 seconds. Um, and the same thing happened for App State. What an exciting team. I don't know who they played today. But 
Um, that's a team to watch, and that's a team. Oh, they're playing James Madison, who just got to the FBS. They were an FCS powerhouse, and you know, I almost, <laughs> I was, I was seeing a girl from that went that was going to James Madison at the time. That's that's another one I blew, but we're not gonna get into that. Um, but yeah, they are a huge powerhouse in FCS, but now they're in FBS, so we'll see what happens. Um, App State will probably win that game, but judging by how all their games have gone so far, don't be surprised if it's a thriller. Yeah, just just be on the lookout for them because they they're fun to watch. Uh, Georgia punished Spencer Rattler. Like I said, when the schedule came out, that was one of the games I circled, and I was like, man, if Spencer Rattler and South Carolina can win that game at home against Georgia. Spencer Rattler going to be the man, and that's going to help him a lot. Boy, that was a disaster. They got destroyed. Georgia did whatever they wanted. That tight end, man, that that tight end looked like Travis Kelsey mixed with Tony Gonzalez. He killed them. He destroyed them. Spencer Rattler couldn't do anything. He was under pressure the entire game. It just messed him up. It messed up his rhythm. He's throwing contested passes. 45 to nothing. They died. They died. South Carolina is 1-2. and two. Barely. Poor Spencer Rattler. Some people are cool with it because they don't really like him. They say he's kind of arrogant. He had a coming to him. I mean, I still kind of want the kid to do well. You know, I rooted for him for like a year and a half. Like, when he was a Sooner, like, I want him to do well still. I think he has a lot of talent and can still go to the NFL. But it's not looking good, bro. At this rate, it looks like he's going to be a day three quarterback. And it looks like he's going to have to stay in school another year. It's a shame, man. But then again, it also proves how good Georgia is. They're just blowing people away. They're not wasting no time. It doesn't look like they're going to get challenged till Florida. But even Florida isn't all that great. Eh. They also got to play Tennessee, and Tennessee is ranked, and they're undefeated. So those are the only two teams for real because everybody else has no chance. No chance until probably the SEC championship. And, you know, that's always, that's usually a close game. Now, we'll see, though. You know, we'll see. Uh, I'm sure there's a lot more college games I could talk about. Virginia Tech lost. <laughs> oh, boy. That's what y'all get for taking over DC radio. Y'all got smoked. And it was a close game in the fourth quarter. And they let West Virginia just run away with it. Oh, my God. There's no way West Virginia's that good. I know they gave Pitt a really good game. But I, I there's no way they that good. But Virginia Tech, sorry. And they won in two. I ain't trying to hear nothing from them, bro. <laughs> oh, boy. I love it. Oh, and another thing, Oklahoma State uh, discontinued Bedlam. Uh, well, I guess both sides decided to 
You know, because they couldn't come to an agreement. And I guess Oklahoma State fans hurt feelings. Um, Remember this when Oklahoma State leaves the Big 12 or the Big 12 dissolves. Remember this. Because they're going to be hypocrites. And they solve. That's okay. This wasn't really a rivalry anyway. 90 to 19 and, and 6? Are you kidding me? This is not really a rivalry anyway. And we're going to smoke, y'all, this November. If it's the last time, it's the last time. The last time will probably be next year. But you're going to die like you're used to doing. Dying at the hands of your in-state big brother. So you better cut it out. You know what? That's one less loss you have to worry about. I, I actually understand why you'd be happy to get away from this. But if you think you like that for real, we'll just see you in a bowl game, maybe a New Year's Six, and we'll just end you again. I'm just saying. Get ready for that in your not-so-distant future. All right, now off to the NFLs because, wow. Uh, NFL comebacks. It was Oh, yeah, it was a week of comebacks. You know, I thought the Cardinals were dead in the water. I thought the Cardinals were dead in the water. And somehow, some way, they score like three touchdowns in the fourth quarter. And they send it to overtime. Kyler Murray looked like Bo Jackson in Tecmo Bowl. Ironically, against the Raiders. On two different occasions. I'm not sure what the Raiders are doing. I'm not sure why Renfro can't hold on to the ball. That ending where he fumbled and the Cardinals took it back for a touchdown was crazy. I'm sure the guy that hit Kyler Murray when he was over there celebrating, I'm sure it was an accident. Looking at his face, looking at his facial expressions, it had been an accident. I digress. What a game. Kyler Murray just showed he is that dude. I was just ready to write them off. I was just going to be like, oh, they own two. It's going to be a long season. They in trouble. Well, they got the Rams coming up. Honestly, the Rams ain't playing that well either. And they almost choked a 28-3 lead. It was a one-score game when Jalen Ramsey made that pick in the end zone over Drake London. Imagine if he caught that and the game was tied or something. Oh my God. We would have never, we would, y'all would have never heard the end of it. 28 3. How do you lose a 28 3 lead against the Falcons? What? A team famous for choking big leads. Drake London had a big game. He had such a big game. I almost traded with Matt in my fantasy league. I almost traded with him. Almost gave away Chase and Samuel for him and McCaffrey. Almost. I was like, oh, my God. This guy's like that. But I was like, oh, nah, man. It's still a long season. He might get shut down later in the season. And Debo and Jamar Chase are proven commodities. I can't do it. But this guy's something special. I guess the hype is real. And if the Falcons are going to be putting up points like this on the low, you know, I might be all right if I had a, a Drake London on my team. 
But I'm not about to go out there and trade for him. You you tripping. Anyway. Uh what 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 else? What other comeback? Oh my god, the Jets coming back on the Browns. I didn't expect that. The game should have been over. The guy makes the extra point. We might be talking about overtime and not the Jets winning by one. What? What? A team like the Browns, that that's their game. Slow down the clock. I mean, speed up the clock. Run the ball. That's their game. They should have ended it. But yet their secondary is just, just breaking down all over the place. And they lost. Somehow, some way. And I was excited because in my flag football pick'em group, I got that game right. <laughs> I got that game right. I got a bunch of other ones wrong, though. Um, like me going against Kyler Murray, I, I shouldn't have. I should have just stuck with Kyler because that's my guy. But I doubted him, and, you know, it came back to bite me. And there were some other games I picked that were head scratchers that you know that I lost. Well, no, Colts over Jaguars was not a head scratcher. But you know, I guess they really can't win in Jacksonville. <laughs> it's crazy. Ha, <laughs> crazy. <laughs> oh man. I'll talk about the Commanders and Lions later. Uh what other big comeback? Though those were the major comebacks. That I can think of off the top of my head. Oh, the Dolphins. They were down 28-7. to And then Tua just went sicko mode. Travis Scott sicko mode. He just went super saiyan. Six touchdowns? Like four in the first, in the fourth, mm, four in the second half? Man. Man, oh man. This guy went off. Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill looking like Eminem and Jay-Z on Renegade. Man, they went absolutely stupid. They both had 100 yards receiving. See, when you look at this team on paper, that's where you expected to get. And that just sets up um, a game. That just sets up that game, um, Bills and Dolphins. You're talking about a potential, I wouldn't say, maybe AFC championship. You're talking about a potential AFC championship game in September. Boy, that's going to be the game to watch this weekend. And I cannot wait. The Bills blew out the Titans right before the Eagles game. And I'm just like, what a joke. That doubleheader was a disaster. We won't got to talk about that. Miami. For real. I thought they were going to get killed. I thought they were going to lose that game. That's another game in the pick em. I picked the, the Ravens. You know, I thought, you know, they're at home. They got something to prove. Everyone's healthy. Lamar Jackson is just on one. I thought for sure they was going to win that game. And then they choked. Wow. Alright, uh... Yeah, that had to have been all of the big comebacks that I can think of. Let's see. The Bucks finally beat the Saints in the regular season, and they lost Mike Evans because Mike Evans and 
uh, Marshawn Lattimore always getting into something. And Tom Brady just is not only the goat at playing football, but he's the goat at trash talking. <laughs> so he's always getting into something, no matter the opponent, especially the Saints. Always getting into it with them. It's always something with them. Uh, I'm trying to delay talking about the Commanders and the Eagles because I might go in. Let's see. Uh, the Cowboys. The Cowboys beat the Bengals. I just, I knew that was a guaranteed loss for the Cowboys. I just, for sure. And then they lost Dak Prescott. I was like, there is no chance. I was like, the Bengals are mad. They just choked against the Steelers. I was like, there's no way. There is no way the Cowboys are going to beat this team. And they beat them. Once again, the Bengals come out slow on offense. And then they didn't play enough defense down the stretch to prevent a game-winning field goal. Annoying. Very annoying. The Giants won. They beat Baker and the Panthers. I don't know what's going on with that Panthers offense. I don't know why Baker can't throw for 200 yards, over 200 yards. It's got to be the offensive line. It's got to be the play calling. The defense doing the best they can. But, you know, Bimba don't break. Just can only last but so long. <laughs> It's a shame, man. You got to be kidding me. And, you know, uh, Giants are 2-0, and I'm sick about it. Just makes the NFCs more competitive, and Giants fans actually got something to be happy about. I'm sick. We better not lose to them, bro. They, they're okay. They ain't that good. And we, from what we've seen from the Titans, maybe it makes sense that the Giants beat I'm sick, man. I can't believe they won. The Chargers and the Chiefs, right before I get to the Commanders-Eagles, the Chargers and the Chiefs, what a game. We all knew it was going to be a good game. Uh, That pick six pretty much changed momentum because I'm sure I think the Chargers go up seven if they get that. Instead, the Chiefs go up seven, and then for whatever reason, um, uh, Justin Herbert gets hurt. Hurts his ribs. Can't really. Any core injury, you can't do but so much. You can't because you need those muscles to run. You need those muscles to throw. Bro, until you have one of these core injuries, you won't understand how much you need it to do pretty much anything. No wonder why it's called the core. So anything in there, bro, you can't do nothing. I guess I guess he could do enough to run a little bit, but it hurts to run. So yeah, he got hurt. The Chargers couldn't get anything going after that on offense. Really, they let Kansas City get a field goal to put the game away, and it's just it's just a shame. Um, apparently, Gerald Everett ran the route wrong, and Herbert threw that pick six. I, if only. If only they got that play right or just ran a different play. Who knows what would have happened? Maybe the Chargers would have won in cap momentum. Sick. They had them. But the Chargers will probably win the rematch in L.A. So let's see what happens. All right. Commanders. Commanders. Lost to Detroit. 
They got down 22 nothing. Props to them for coming back. They made it a one-score game at one point. It was like 22-15. It was down 22 nothing at halftime, and they quickly made it 22-15. But, you know, Joey Sly missed a field goal to bring them with an eight. So instead, they lose 27-36. Because it can't stop Amon Ross A. Brown and can't stop... Uh, and you can't stop DeAndre Swift. I loved it. I loved it. I was out of town. I couldn't watch. But boy, oh boy, Jared Goff, 20 for 34, 256 yards, four touchdowns? Bodied them. Amon Ross St. Brown, two carries, 68 yards, nine receptions, 116 yards, and two touchdowns. Wow. Trash. Washington sitcom. You lost to Detroit, and you should have lost to Jacksonville. <laughs> it's part of the rap I wrote yesterday. I, I probably won't. I probably won't spit that. But um, oh my God, you gotta be kidding me! I loved it. You know, I was like, I thought the Commanders was gonna win because I was like, oh, they can stop the run. They can stop the run. They're gonna force the Lions to keep passing. And that's when their pass rush is going to unlock. And then their offense will be too much for Detroit. It's just their offense didn't show up till the second half. Too late. You lost. The Washington sitcom. You in trouble. Because guess who's coming to FedEx Field tomorrow? Oh, my God. The bird. And that is the word. <laughs> Y'all are in big trouble. Get ready to die. Because the bird. And that is the word. They. They beat the Vikings. You know, I thought that was another game that I apologize for saying that was going to be a close game. I forgot that Kirk Cousins. It's terrible in prime time. I forgot. And also that our team's actually pretty good. Our defense, our veteran secondary, they fly around. I know it seemed like they were afraid to tackle against the Lions. I guess they corrected that. Uh, our offense looks great. The run, the RPOs, Jalen Hurts, he started like 13 for 13 or something. Like, when we're playing like this, and we still left points on the board. Like like Jalen Hurts said, we left money on the table. Now, there were some drives. I was like, we just playing around. They, were, they also had some turnovers, especially that one at the end that just had to have pissed off betters and fantasy players where Jalen Hurts, they threw a screen, and Jalen Hurts threw it right to, like, D lineman or something. Or... Maybe he, he, like, threw it too high, and it tipped, and it fell into a linebacker's hands. Whatever happened, it was a dumb interception. They didn't throw the ball at all after that. Messed me up in fantasy, but whatever. That team is going to be fine. Jalen Hurts had 40 fantasy points in the first half. What? I wish I was joking. I'm not. He was killing it. He looked really good, and we didn't even need... To use A.J. Brown. His numbers were pedestrian. 
we finally got Devontae Smith involved after he went zero for zero against uh, the Lions. Uh, Dallas Goddard was our leading receiver with five receptions, 82 yards. Miles Sanders got 17 carries, 80 yards. That's pretty good. That's that's a good mix of running pass. And who knows how many times Jalen ran. We playing like this, not going to beat us, period. Uh, Justin Jefferson wasn't even the leading receiver and had less than 50 yards. Man, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I was like. I was like, we might not do too bad against Vikings because we got this veteran secondary. Like, I don't know about the Packers, but but us, I was like, we got this veteran secondary, and these guys are going to be up to the challenge, and they was. Now, the Commanders, I guess they got a comparable receiving core. I think they got a better overall receiving core because – they got Terry McLaurin. They got Jahan Dotson, who's pretty good. He's a he's a pretty good rookie so far. And Curtis Samuel, which just he gives me fits. Like he makes me worried. Because they can use him in so many different ways. They can put him in a slot. They can put him on the outside. They can use him as a running back. It's annoying. But obviously, you can shut that down because the whole second half against Jacksonville, he did nothing. The whole first half against the Lions, he did nothing. So you can shut that down. But I'm still worried because he is the X factor in that game against the Eagles. But at the end of the day, you're going to respect the bird. And the commanders, big trouble. You don't have Chase Young. Good luck trying to get pressure on Jalen Hurts. Let's see what they try to do. Let's see what they try to do different that the other two teams haven't been able to do. And hopefully, because the Eagles, they get to, they, they get big leads and they start playing around. You can't do that, man. Especially not against the Commanders. Because every time... They have gotten down this season so far. They start slinging the rock and moving the ball, and that's when Terry McLaurin gets involved. I don't want to deal with that. Let's get them out the way and don't let them come back. And let's get out of the big circus tent and move on to the next one. Stop playing with this team. Our offensive line versus this defensive line, that's a great matchup. Their offensive line versus our defensive line, I mean, it's okay. I mean, but uh, I think I give us advantage that. You know, I, I think our linebackers are a push. Our secondary is definitely better than theirs. So, you know, we'll see. This is probably going to come down to special teams or something. The quarterbacks, at this point, Jalen Hurst is better. <laughs> but... Carson Wentz has more arm strength, and I'm not sure about accuracy, but definitely has the arm strength and has thrown for more yards so far this year. You're going to get this work. In the Washington sitcom, you're a joke. You're going to get this work, I promise. All right, real quick. All right, the WNBA Finals. Wow, the Aces won. 
I should have known. You know what? I figured they was going to win it all. Won Chicago in the Commissioner's Cup. Because around that time, they started sliding. The the Mystics beat them twice. I was like, uh, you know what? Maybe, maybe they aren't all that. And at the same time, Chicago was rising. Like, they winning a bunch of games. And they had beat the Mystics twice at that point. So I was like, you know, maybe the Aces aren't that good. They beat Chicago, and I was like, okay, I think this team is going to win it all. Sure enough, in the playoffs, Chelsea Gray went insane. I don't think there was a game where she scored less than 20. She dominated. And then Asia Wilson is a walking 20 and 10. So I think she she wasn't the MVP, right? Or was it Brianna Stewart? It doesn't matter. She's first team all WNBA. She's one of the best players in the league. Kelsey Plum made a big jump from the last few years. And, you know, all their supporting cast, like Ricarna Williams. Ricarna Williams in game four, man, she was unreal. She made big shot after big shot. She had 17 points off the bench, five for nine. You notice in those big games, she hit some big shots because I noticed this. I think it was against Seattle into the regular season. She made some really big shots in that game. Great off the bench player. I mean, wow. Congrats to the Aces. And I'm looking at all these videos from their parade and their celebration. Them, them girls know how to have fun. Well, I figured that because, I mean, I saw Asia Wilson and Dierica Hamby all All-Star Weekend just acting the fool. <laughs> they had smiles on their faces the whole weekend. So I, so just imagine, now they celebrating a title? Oh, they probably didn't know how to act. And also, the Erica Hambry's uh, daughter, little daughter, is, uh, is a star. <laughs> and I'm sure Aces fans love her. But yeah, man, uh, congrats to them. Uh, Becky Hammond, first-year coach, number one seed, Commissioner's Cup, WNBA champion. Man, where do you go from here? Do you run it back? I mean, this is, wow, this is impressive. You know, they let Liz Cambage go. Uh, Bill Lambeer stepped back, and then they just rose to greatness because they had been knocking on the door. You know, 2019 got stopped by the Mystics. Made the finals in 2020, lost. Last year, they lost. They got upset in the semifinals. It, it was time. They finally got over the hump, and their rebuild story is inspirational because their last few years in San Antonio, they were terrible. And you know, ironically, Becky Hammond was some was on some of them San Antonio teams. Ironically. And then to... You know, you draft McBride, you draft Jefferson, then you draft Kelsey Plum and Dierica Hamby, and then you get Chelsea Gray. You draft um, Asia Wilson and Jackie Young. That's a big piece they have, but she didn't play well in the series. Um, and then the finishing touch, you get Liz Cambage. Then the finishing touch on this was getting Becky Hammond to stir the stir the whole drink and make it go wow you gotta love where they came from and where they are now 
girls are amazing uh congrats to them they deserve it they killed it let's see how they come back next year with everyone coming back bigger and stronger oh let's see okay real quick on the nats and dc united the nats trash probably got 100 losses by now well, yeah, they just lost to the Marlins last night, and I just shrugged my shoulders like, of course they did. At least they beat the Marlins last weekend to finally take a series versus the Marlins. They not only won against the Marlins, they took a series against the Marlins. Because if you remember, before last weekend's series, the Marlins were 12-2 and two against the Nationals this season, which is just unfathomable. Because since 2012, the Nationals just been demolishing the Marlins. And, but this year, the Nats are so bad, they can't even beat the Marlins. And lost 12 out of 13, and they got swept out of the 4th of July series. How embarrassing. But they won the series at home this last weekend. But unfortunately, they dropped game one versus the Marlins yesterday in Miami. It is what it is. They're terrible. Joey Manessas is still going off. I, I don't know. I don't know if he can keep this up into next year. It's going to be a lot of competition in the outfield. I mean, he got to deal with Alex Cole. Um, Victor Robles. You got the kids in the minor leagues that we got from the Padres, like Robert Hassel and uh, James Wood. I think he can beat out those guys because I don't think those guys are ready. You got to deal with Plasios. And, and who knows who else? Coming off of the free agent list, we might get a big free agent. And it's just going to make it tougher for him to be out there in the outfield. But if he keep playing the way he playing, oh, not only will he be in our outfield, he'll be batting third or fourth. He's going to be the star of the team. This guy need to keep doing what he's doing. McKenzie Gore is pitching now. He's doing his rehab starts. That's another kid we got from the San Diego Padres uh, trade. I like our future. I don't know how long it's going to take, but we'll be back. And hopefully the Mets are going the other way. Just like the last time we uh, completed this rebuild. <laughs> oh, man. DC United, trash. Still and last. And you know what? I like when the Mets choke. You know what? I like when DC United chokes. Because they garbage. It just confirms that this year is a joke. They're just as bad as the Nationals. Might as well just get ready for next year. And you know what? They were in a competitive game against Miami. I thought the game was in Miami. It was here. Miami was wearing all pink. We were in all black. I swear to God, Miami looked like the walking flamingo. We lost to the Miami Flamingos. Game over. It was a 2-2 game, extra time. I guess, you know what, we did win a game just like that in extra time. I forgot it was against, uh, maybe against Orlando, or it was against Atlanta. 
Well, we won a game just like that. This time, of course, we got to lose a game like that too. So close to getting some points. So close to splitting points. And they give up a goal 90 plus 4. They give up a goal in extra time. And I just laughed. I can't even be upset because they garbage. And we ain't going nowhere this year. But dang, man. How, bro? What what do you mean, how? They just go, man. Next, man. Next, man. These guys, man. I I don't, man. I don't even know why I talk about them. I'll update update the Golden L standing soon. Uh, Should be interesting with Washington Spirit finally picking up the pace. (laughs) I keep promising the Golden L standings, but I haven't done them yet. Okay. Now it's time for the hypothetical game of the episode. This hypothetical game of the episode is a rematch between Adrian Peterson and Le'Veon Bell. But this time, this time, they're playing basketball. A three-point contest. We're putting away the gloves. We're not fighting. We're playing basketball. So a three-point contest, NBA style. Except not from the NBA three-point line because, you know, that's just... 99% of human beings can't really do anything from the NBA three-point line. I promise you. Just go out and try it yourself. Anyway, so from regulation, from amateur level, three-point level, three-point line. Anyway, Le'Veon goes first. He puts his money ball rack in the center. Cool. So he only makes one basket in the first rack. Then he makes three out of five in the next rack. So he gets to the money ball rack. He misses the first, makes the second. Misses the next two. Then he drains the last one. So then. So now he has seven points so far. So then. All of a sudden he catches fire. Four in a row. But he misses the money ball. And now he's at 11. So now he's at the opposite corner. Here we go. So he makes the first. Then he misses the next three. Then. Last shot. Time running out. He swishes the last shot. So he finishes. So he finishes with... (laughs) He finishes with 13. Almost... (laughs) I almost lost it. I almost lost it. Oh, my God. Um, No, he finishes with 14. My bad. He finishes with 14. Almost forgot to do math. So now it is AD's turn. So he misses the entire first rack, including two air balls. It's looking like a slaughter once again. But the competitive guy that AD is, he comes back and makes three in the next rack, including the money ball. That that puts him at five, right? Yep. No, that puts him at four. So in the center rack, 
he only makes one. So he only makes one. So now he's at five. Then, just like Le'Veon Bell, he starts catching fire from that from that part of the um, three point arc. You know, not not in the corner, kind of in between the corner and the middle from the elbow of it. Yeah. So he hits three, but then, and he also makes the money ball. So now he's at 10. So now he's at the all money ball rack in the corner. So he misses the first, misses the second. It looks like he's going to, looks like he's going to come up short. He's down four, but he makes the next one. Then he makes another one. It's tied. The last one for the win. Suspense. It goes up in the air. And it squishes. Adrian Peterson wins by two. 16-14. He gets revenge on Le'Veon Bell, at least in a different sport. And that is the hypothetical game of the episode and the end of the episode. GoatLevelTees.com for everything Goat Level. Once I stop fooling around, you're going to want to get on the bandwagon. I know I've been saying this for four years, but when it happens, just get on it. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to shun anyone from the bandwagon. The 96 Bulls didn't do that. The 2017 Warriors didn't do that. It's just going to be moving. Just get on it. Stop playing around. What are you waiting for? All right. So you already know that I'm out. Peace. Psych out loud, quick NFL picks. <laughs> In my flag football group, I had picked the Browns, so I pat myself on the back for that. Uh, figured they was going to win. They was at home. I knew they was going to respond well from choking against the Jets. Uh, they played their game. They ran well. They got. They were great in short yardage situations. And, you know, they gutted out that win. George Pickens with that amazing catch. Oh, my God. Dude is like that. Uh, doesn't look good for Chase Claypool. Doesn't look good for him because Deontay Johnson and Pickens are the real deal. You got to include fire move too. But yeah, good good win for the Browns. Um, don't know why George Pickens was offsides on that onside kick. And that and that lateral they tried to do at the end to save the game terrible. Anyway, uh. Uh, okay, back to the picks. Eagles, Commanders, obviously the Eagles. Texans, Bears. I got the... Oh, crap. <laughs> let's, let's just go with the Bears. I'm going to go with the Bears. At home, I'm going to go with the Bears. Raiders, Titans, 0-2 teams. Surprising 0-2 teams. The Raiders are slightly better team. I got the Raiders. Chiefs and Colts, Chiefs. Chiefs, Chiefs. They're going to kill them. Uh, okay, maybe not, because the Colts got some pride, so it'll be a respectable game. Bills and Dolphins might be the game of the year so far. I'm going to go with the Bills in a close one, because they got the more complete team. The Lions and the Vikings. I know the Lions give the Vikings fits, but I got the Vikings. I got the Vikings. Uh, Ravens, Patriots. I got the Ravens. Uh, Bengals, Jets. 
I got the Bengals. No way Joe Burrow letting them go 0-3 and definitely not against the Jets. Saints and Panthers, not looking good for Bake in this matchup, but they're going to win. They're going to win. I got the Panthers winning, of course. Shake and Bake. Jaguars and Chargers, that is a sneaky game. Don't be surprised if the Jaguars win, but I got the Chargers. <laughs> I got the Chargers. Rams and Cardinals, I'm rolling with Kyler Murray. Fingers crossed. Uh, Falcons and Seahawks. I got, ah, oh, man, I got the Falcons. Just too much firepower. Too much firepower on offense. I got the Falcons. Packers and Bucks, I'm going with the Goats over the Choke. <laughs> I'm going with Tom Brady and the Bucks. Uh, 49ers and Broncos. You know what? I picked the Broncos in my pick'em group, but I'm going with the 49ers. Uh, Cowboys and Giants. Um, yeah, I'm going with the Cowboys. I want the Giants to win, but yeah, I think the Cowboys are going to win. So there you go. Now for real, that is the end of the episode. So you already know that I'm out. Peace. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Goat Level Podcast. Make sure you share, subscribe, and get money.